All right, so I'm excited. I sat down with this uh, young man a couple weeks ago, and we had a conversation in my office, and I said, man, I really should sit down with him again, but we should do it on uh, this digital platform. And so I have with me Brian Kerr. Um, could you tell us, Brian, just a little bit about what your position is at Trinity, um, how long you've been here? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me uh, on the podcast. So uh, pretty exciting to be here. This is my first time recording in a studio. Mm -hmm. So if, uh, you know, if grace uh, abounds to all those listening. Uh, so I serve as the, the vice president for enrollment here at Trinity Western and uh, in my 18th year on staff at the university. And I was a student here before that. Uh, and so I've had a, a number of different roles uh, throughout my time here. And I absolutely love what I do. I love the mission of the university, and I love serving incoming families and uh, also being a resource to those that are on campus as well. Yeah, 18 years. That's, that's a good good little chunk of time there. It is. <laughs> Definitely home. Yeah. Did you did you envision that you would be here that long? Or? No, I, I didn't. Um, you know, I, I saw an original posting way back shortly after I graduated from my undergraduate degree. Uh, there was a, a posting in the office of the registrar working on the frontline staff, and so uh, I decided to apply for that. Uh, we were newly married at the time, and uh, I was working at uh, Future Shop when that still existed, uh, <laughs> selling uh, digital cameras uh, that were all the rage. They'd just come out, so mm -hmm. a one megapixel and a two megapixel <laughs> digital camera. And uh, that was it was fun, but it wasn't all that fulfilling. So when I saw an opportunity to come and work at the university, I, I jumped at that. And uh, one thing led to another, and um, you know, took on various mat leave positions as they came available. And uh, have worked in a, a number of different departments and areas, and uh, you know, currently in the enrollment management division, um, getting to work with the the enrollment team. Uh, which there are a lot of good departments on campus, but I must say the enrollment team is definitely the most fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I think I just kind of <laughs> ruined things for all other departments, but that's okay. <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, shout out to enrollment. They're they're always running around doing all kinds of cool stuff. And and here recently, in light of COVID nineteen. Uh, you all did something that was super cool because you had like kind of a live, you know, enrollment admissions kind of rollout. Tell us a little bit about about that. Yeah, absolutely. So our our main um, one of our main recruitment events that we do every year is our preview weekend. So we do four preview weekends per year where we invite uh, 300 plus guests from around the world to come and experience Trinity Western. And so uh, when we started to get, you know, some apprehensive phone calls from families, uh, you know, going back a few weeks now about the the uh, the prospect of traveling during this time, you know, we knew that we needed to change course pretty quickly, mm -hmm. and this was this was before um, you know social distancing was really talked about, and it was more in response initially to, hey, there's some people that just kind of feel nervous um, flying through some hotspot airports, and so what mm -hmm. can we do? So we started thinking, and um, you know, as we got talking, we we figured there was a, a pretty substantial opportunity here. Um, one of the things that we really want to provide for families is a safe uh, safe place, um, a safe place for them to study and to live. And so we, we used this opportunity to make the actual recruitment process and um, learning about Trinity Western as, as safe as possible as well. And so we went to the TW Live model where we, um, we filmed about 40 interviews across campus uh, in about a day and a half. Uh, so we went out with a, a small camera crew and we captured as much interview footage as we possibly could uh, because by that point, uh, you know, there were some indications that we would probably be going to an online format and that campus would be cleared out pretty quickly. So 
in about a day and a half, we recorded 40 interviews and had those ready to then um, to show in a live hosted show that we ran last Friday. Uh, and we had upwards of a thousand people watching uh, that uh, that event and participating in that event from around the world. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool just to you know see. I was in the the studio while uh, Brian was playing as his host job, and uh, and before he came and interviewed me as one of the the kind of departments and. He was there for like five minutes, and he was like, all right, guys, we got to go. <laughs> he was running around somewhere else. So uh, I know it was a busy time for you guys. It was, but I can't say enough about the staff and the faculty from across campus. Uh, we said you know, we said to each department, you know, we're going to be there at 9 o'clock with a, with a film crew, and we'd like you to have uh, the dean, a faculty member, and a student ready to go. Um, mm. There are no other times available. We're coming at 9, and there was not one complaint. Uh, there was not one request to reschedule. Uh, everybody was there. Uh, on time with their A-game, and so uh, it really just showed the commitment that the university has to, to doing things well and to serving, uh, to serving our incoming students and our, and our current students as, as best as possible, no mm-hmm. matter what the circumstance. Yeah, no, it's, it's great, and I, I think um, one thing that I learned uh, during our conversation, but, but just during the time that I've been here for about six months is, you know, Trinity is in a unique position in the sense that it's almost as if the, the globe has come to Trinity. Um, you know, you go to different universities or even churches and they'll have, you know, the kind of classic uh, hands uh, holding kind of, you know, marketing picture with all these, you know, kaleidoscope of colors represented. You go to that church on Sunday and you're like, where did all the, the different colors go? Because that's not what usually shows up. And the same thing for Christian schools um, and just just uh, secular schools, too. But but here at Trinity, um, I think the way you've described it, articulated to me is it's, it's more that Trinity is an international university um, in Canada versus uh, a Canadian university that has international students. Explain to us kind of kind of what you're talking about there. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And that's an important distinction. Um, right. For us to try and operate as a as a uniquely Canadian uh, university and expect that students from around the world, no matter what cultural background they come to, uh, will come and adapt and uh, just fit into a, a Canadian educational model uh, really limits the opportunity that we have uh, in Canada and, and North America in general to really benefit from the international diversity that's on campus. And so uh, over the last couple of years especially, we've began to think of ourselves um, you know, as our population has diversified so much, uh, we are a global university. Um, we happen to be located in Canada, but for a Canadian student, they're coming to a global university. They're not just coming to any other Canadian university. And that's true whether you're coming here from India, United States, from China or Japan. Uh, everybody is coming to a global university to learn from each other and to benefit from the the wide array of perspectives that, that come and the beauty that comes uh, from our different perspectives and the way that we see the world. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been really cool to, to be on campus and to run into students from, you know, literally all parts of the globe you can think of, um, which is uh, pretty neat, you know, and, and unique. Um, so you've been at uh, Trinity for 18 years. You mentioned uh, your wife. You guys that maybe were kind of newly married around that time. Tell us a little bit about how you guys met. Absolutely. So we met in uh, you know early in our undergraduate days. Uh, my wife uh, Rosalind is uh, uh, from Ontario, and so she came out uh, here. Um, you know, not knowing anybody, and uh, started her studies here. And I was a, a third-year student at the time, but I, I look a little younger. At least I did uh, then. I looked a little younger uh, than I actually was. So she thought I was a first-year student. Uh, I was a third-year student, and so, uh, you know, I think um, well, she says if she had known that I was a third-year student, she wouldn't have, um, you know, she wouldn't have 
uh, you know, interacted quite as much mm-hmm. or, or, or been as brave to talk uh, to, to me. But luckily, uh, she thought I was just any other freshman. And so uh, we got to know each other. And, um, you know, we, we first met in the parking lot behind uh, Fraser Hall. It was a rainy night mm-hmm. in October. And, uh, you know, we met there and, and had a great conversation. And, and we were friends for, uh, you know, for that year. Uh, and we started dating after uh, after that freshman year of hers, okay. after my junior year. Yeah. 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 Just a, a quick note for all you little uh, Trinity folks. I'm just saying, while you're in college, this is a good time. Not that that's the only thing on your mind. And, uh, you know, it may not be your course of action to get married, uh, but but it's a good place to to make friends with people uh, and see what, what God does for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so two kids, mm-hmm. right? Tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, we have two kids. Uh, Lewis is eight years old and uh, Maya is six. And so they are uh, an absolute joy in our life. And so, uh, you know, we waited a while, uh, not by our own choice, to, to have children and, and start mm-hmm. a family. And, uh, you know, God God blessed us with uh, with two wonderful kids. And uh, we, we home educate them at home. Uh, so mm-hmm. we have been doing that uh, for a couple of years now. And so... This transition to uh, life in the home and educating um, hasn't been as dramatic of a, a transition for our family. Uh, our kids go to school uh, two days a week, and they're home the other three. Uh, so now they're home. They're home all the time, <laughs> uh, which is a little bit different. But I imagine that's uh, it's quite different for a lot of other families out there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I've seen a bunch of memes uh, on social media, you know, with people uh, having having all kinds of reactions to being yeah. around their kids that much yeah we're all homeschoolers now so yeah uh, yeah welcome welcome to the party everybody <laughs> no that's cool um so so speaking of kids and and you know being have your kids being home now more often and um navigating COVID-19 tell us about you know how you've tried to explain to them uh how to embrace social distancing you know what they can do while they're home yeah, it's certainly a, a challenge. I mean, kids want to touch everything and mm-hmm. explore everything. Um, so that's, you know, that we're living in a different world now. And so um, we have just really been embracing this time, uh, you know, with them. Uh, you know, we're both working from home now. Uh, and so the kids, we get to see the kids a lot more uh, than we would otherwise. And so really viewing this as a, a tremendous time of, of blessing um, to be in, in close proximity and really developing um, some really strong foundations for uh, for, a ha- for our family history, um, this big uh, shared experience that we're all going through. Um, you know, n- learning how to how to navigate this with kids. Um, you know, it, it's it's difficult. This is heavy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that we're having to have these conversations about. Uh, but God has been so faithful through it all, and um, you know, we do. Uh, you know, part of the the homeschooling thing is is called couch time in the morning, where you know, it's a, a time of devotions. And uh, when I look back over the the past, um, uh, you know, the past several uh, months of, of verses that we've been studying, there's been just a real theme of, uh, you know, not being fearful and not being anxious about about anything. And uh, you know, even in in the last couple of weeks, we're really seeing a deepening of of faith in our kids, uh, and it's it's inspirational um, the way that they're embracing this and they're viewing this and um, they're using. You know, this to really frame uh, their identity in in Christ. Uh, you know, being protected children of of uh, of the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's easy to say that as they're growing up, but you know, now is the time where we're all relying on it, and uh, we're all like kids mm-hmm. in this situation, uh, relying on the safety of our Father. And so, it's been a it's been a cool opportunity for us to model that to to our kids. And uh, I'm just so impressed with how they've risen to the risen to the challenge and, and embraced the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, uh, 
childlike faith, you know, comes to mind. Just this idea that, uh, you know, a, a child can can grasp uh, God, and it doesn't mean you need to to be a biblical scholar or have some kind of advanced degrees to to really grasp uh, who God is and and what He wants to do in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's in times like this when you know we have the opportunity. You know, if we if we accept it to uh, to really gain a deeper understanding of, of who God is and what His role in is is in our life. Um, I know when I look back at, at my life, it's during the times of uh, an incredible trial uh, where mm-hmm. those have been the richest time of my life. Um, you know, I I had cancer about ten years ago, and uh, it was um, it was a, a time where I didn't know if I was going to live or die, and uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade that that period of time for anything. Um, I wouldn't choose to go through it on the yeah, front end. Yeah. Um, but looking back, uh, how I grew and who I became as a part of that uh, has been unbelievable. And and my hope and prayer for the church is that we use this opportunity right now to um, to to reflect. Um, it's almost like a, a reset button uh, for for the church. Um, you know, what what's our response going to be? How are we going to mm-hmm. how are we going to show up uh, for the world and and really be be the body of Christ to a world that is so desperate for, for hope right now. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we have this opportunity to hit that reset button with our, with our communities uh, and how we respond to the situation. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think about, you know, inconvenience is one thing, right? You know, having to move worship to online or, or other kinds of things, having classes move to online. That's just a, an inconvenience. Uh, it's a temporary, you know, sort of, sort of change. Uh, suffering is, is something that's totally different. And, and the, the hardship it comes with with life with Christ. You know the thorns and thistles that you you will go through. You know, Scripture says uh, you you will suffer. You know, if you follow me, you will suffer. Not not maybe not kind of sorta. You know, but you will suffer. And and so I'm I'm glad you you shared that because I think part of what you know we want to articulate to students is is a sobering reality of what life is in Christ. Uh, there are good days, you know, mountaintop experiences where you're like, Jesus is, you know, so close to me and I'm on fire. And then there are low days, you know, where you don't know if you're coming or going and you're shouting to the mountaintops and you're you're upset with God and life and circumstances. And then there's the, the just in between mundane, you know, of going to uh, the store and studying for an exam and, you know, all those kinds of things. And I think sometimes the younger generation maybe don't hear from 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 older adults about the 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 friction of all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I think this is giving us what an op- what a tremendous opportunity to uh, for us all to put our lives on pause. Um, mm-hmm. You know, none of us probably would have chosen to hit the pause button quite this hard or this quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this position that we find ourselves in, uh, where we can really sit back and contemplate, you know, those those moments, mm-hmm. um, right? What is the role of of suffering in this? Uh, where is where is the joy? Where is the peace? Uh, where is the hope uh, in this time? Um, and, and really embrace this and use this as a refining time. Um, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's going to be pleasant. Um, but it can still be good. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so you you mentioned your wife and how you guys met and whatnot, and and that's a Trinity love story. So praise praise the Lord. I know um, I share with students often when I met my wife and and we were sort of courting and and get into this stage, you know, of decisions, um, I, I told her that, you know, I felt like God was really calling us to move forward and get married, you know, eventually. And, and what she said was, uh, I was too nice, uh, which is not the kind of response that you want from someone who you're, you're trying to pursue. Um, and I know you said, you know, for your wife, she was kind of like, ah, if I had a knew he was, you know, uh, 
uh, older or you know whatever, I wouldn't have maybe been you know pursuing things as much. But um, what has marriage been like for you? I mean, that's that's its own journey in itself. So yeah, I mean, marriage has been fantastic. We've been married. Uh, let's see, it'll be uh, 19 years uh, this year mm. uh, that we've been married, and so uh, it's it's been a it's been an adventure. It's been a it's been a journey. It hasn't always been easy. Uh, there's been difficult times. There's been hard times. There's been times where we've been stretched. Uh, together, uh, facing health health issues when I had cancer, or when um, you know when we couldn't have kids on our timeline, on our, mm-hmm. our desired timeline, yeah. and you know, and as as, as the years and, and decade went by uh, before you know that became a reality for us, um, we really had to we really had to figure out our, our identity together in that, uh, and our indiv- individual identities as well, um, and so we have really focused on. Uh, particularly recently, really deepening our friendship uh, together. And, um, you know, when you, you have kids and you get busy and uh, careers, and, and it's, it's, it's hard to, to remember how important that time together is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'd, Roz is my best friend in the whole world, and, and I absolutely love spending time with her uh, and uh, consider it such a, a, a blessing uh, to be able to go through life uh, with her uh, we're as adventurers together mm-hmm. uh, as we face this world. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear, because um, I think for for so many people, they get married. And like you said, they get busy. You know, the 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 stressors of life come and somehow they kind of get lost in the sauce of all that, you know, the schedules and the kids and soccer and, and all these kinds of things. So it's, it's awesome that you guys, you know, are like, hey, we're best friends and we really want to commit to that. I think, you know, self-care is, is important in that whole whole conversation, making sure that if you if you don't take time out for you and your spouse, no one else is going to do it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I, I think sometimes I don't know, maybe I was just slow on this, but, I, you know, I often thought, well, you know, if somebody says, oh, well, we're working on our marriage right now, you know, you think, well, well what's wrong with it? Like, is something mm-hmm. broken? Why do you need to work on it? Um, but what we've really realized over the last uh, few years, especially, uh, you know, as life has gotten crazy with having small kids in the house. Uh, is that you need to work on on your marriage even when it's really good um, mm. to keep it good and so uh, we recently just uh, in the last month and this is a, a shout out to uh, North Langley Community Church uh, and uh, Rob and Sue Ray especially mm. uh, we had an opportunity to go through the marriage course that they they facilitate and uh, you know it's like man if we go to that people think our marriage is in trouble like <laughs> what if they see us there but you know what we went and it was so good and it was just a it was a room full of couples that were all investing in their marriage, um, you know, and, and some I'm sure were having struggles, and others I'm sure were just, you know, they they were absolutely in in the peak of marital health, and everybody mm-hmm. was there, um, and it was just an opportunity to focus on each other and have uh, dedicated time for intentional conversations, and so. My encouragement to uh, any uh, any students out there that are, are newly getting married or have just gotten married or even if they've been married for a long time is is carve out that time to spend time with each other no matter how hard uh, life is or how busy life is, mm-hmm. um, but to protect that time uh, with your best friend uh, to be able to nurture that relationship and it, uh, it'll pay off in every other area of your life. Yeah, yeah I think uh, it's so easy for people to view marriage as like it's a, it's a leisure activity, you know, like like as if it's not work, but but it's it's actually work, you know, it's it's good work, it's a covenant of work. Uh, God is doing the heavy lifting, but it's definitely work. You don't get vacation days, you know, in in marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so so Brian, one thing that I learned about you when we met a few weeks ago is that you are from 
somewhere else. I am bit. from somewhere else. <laughs> Tell us yes. about that somewhere else. Yeah, I was born in South Africa, um, and uh, my my mom's parents were missionaries to uh, to Southern Africa. Uh, but my mom and and several of her siblings were born uh, there. Uh, while her parents were on the mission field. Uh, My dad was also born in Southern Africa, uh, as were his parents, um, and his grandparents uh, moved there uh, from Scotland and from England, uh, generation, you know, years and years before that. Uh, So, yeah, our roots were were in South Africa. I grew up um, in apartheid South Africa as a a young child, and so it was a a wonderful place to grow up. I I love South Africa and, and the rich the beauty that the land has, and uh, there's so many good things about it, um, but it was also not a very good place to live uh, in in the early to mid-1980s. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It makes me think about uh, even how we were chatting before about suffering and, and inconvenience and just everything in between, you know, living in apartheid South Africa. Uh, no matter you know where you are on the on the stratum of, of race and economics is just difficult you know and and to see what God has done in South Africa uh, is is awesome yeah it's amazing the the reconciliation that's taken place uh, the country still has a long way to go mm-hmm. um, you know and it'll take generations uh, of healing um, you know to to undo um, you know what, what's was put in place uh, through generations but um, you know it, it you contrast South Africa now to South Africa, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, and there's definitely a, a movement in the right direction. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Brian, I'll, uh, I'll get you out of here on this question. Uh, what, what do you do for fun? So when you're not at Trinity, you're not uh, crunching enrollment numbers and all that or doing uh, TW live. What do you, what do you do? Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a few things. So I uh, love spending time with, with the family. So we love to go canoeing, um, oh, okay. hit the lakes and the rivers, uh, whenever we can. Uh, we, uh, we like to go skiing, uh, when the, the ski hills are open. Um, so we got our kids into ski lessons just before the ski hills shut down this year. Uh, so we'll wait another year to be a complete skiing family. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, my wife and I love to go, uh, skiing. Um, we enjoy spending time with family. Uh, my parents live, live pretty close. Uh, and so those are the main things. I, I think time in the outdoors, uh, skiing, canoeing, uh, spending time with friends. Okay. That's, that's, that's great. I, I, I've gone skiing once and I don't think it's going to be a repeat experience. Uh, people don't tell you it hurts when you fall on that snow. It does hurt. Uh, it, it looks yeah. soft, but it's it, very yeah, true. It's, it's like, true. it's white concrete, like it's, <laughs> it's fluffy concrete, but it, it hurts. Yes. But no, that's awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming and chatting with us today. And, uh, if you are on campus, uh, students, faculty, staff, parents, folks visiting, I think, uh, you know, Brian would love to talk to you a little bit over there in enrollment. Absolutely. Stop on by and say hi. Yeah. Thanks so much.